Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast celebration of the best show on television. Yes, that's the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Andy, an old-school, long-term Eurovision fan, with the facts and figures always close at hand. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest's history and fall in love with some pop bangers I haven't heard before. So we've made it to episode four. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what's good about having reached this point is we're actually starting to get interaction with some, some of you out there. We're so pleased that we've actually got a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much to John Watt eight seven six. That's John without an H. What do you get when you cross one Eurovision mega fan and one fan new to the contest? The answer is the Eurovision Queens podcast. He writes, "Us mega fans who have been watching it since Carola was a small kind of girl take it for granted that every Eurovision fan knows everything and anything about the contest. So in this podcast, aside from hearing some great tunes, we learn some facts and figures as well." You'll listen to great songs from all eight decades of the contest, as well as national final songs, and learn along the way. It's a great way to spend an hour. Give it a listen. Wow. Thank you, John Watt. That was five stars. And review titled, A Great Listen. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Brilliant. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't reviewed us, please think about it because we're new. And basically, if you put in Eurovision podcast currently, we're not going to be found because we're too new. So to help with our algorithm, we really need you to write reviews. Thank you Mm. very much. But in other exciting news, Instagram's been blowing up, as the kids maybe used to say five years ago. (laughs) Um, I was the most excited that the Mummers Instagram account liked our reel. What, the real life Mummers? The actual verified account Ah. for the Mummers liked our reel. So that was very exciting. Yeah. But that's not all. We also had Mihai Trestru from Romania, who sang in the 2006 final his song Tornero. I think he finished about fourth. He also was interacting with us on the gram, was he not? He follows us. <gasps> so shout out to him. Yes. <laughs> um, something else we'd like to do at the very start of every podcast is just do a shout out to a Eurovision podcast that we've listened to and enjoyed. And we're going to do this every episode from now on. And I want to start off by giving a massive big shout out to the lovely people at the Wind Machine podcast. That's Wind Machine Pod on Twitter. That is hosted by Danny Tregoning and Mark Perkins in Australia. What can I say? I love these two. They're a married couple. They're great fun. They've got lots of knowledge. They go through a different um, contest every episode and they play their favourite 10 songs, but they go through all the points and all the, the staging and the costumes. It's really good fun and they're just funny people and they're just great to listen to. If you don't listen to the Wind Machine podcast, what have you been doing? Where have you been? But yes, that's our first entry in the podcast shout out slot. You know how it works by now. The structure of this podcast, we play seven Eurovision songs every episode in different categories. What are those categories, Ryan? The first three are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. 2010s to present day, 90s and noughties, and 80s and earlier. 
And then we've got our UK entry, the bridesmaid slot, which is those acts that finished second. And finally, the Juice Award, which is for those songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision final, but should have done. And then we hand over to our good friend, the randomizer. But is he a good friend? Or is they, are they a good friend? Was, yeah, let's, yeah, let's not gender the randomizer. No. Let's not do that. <laughs> are they a good friend? Because sometimes we get some random crap. <laughs> Actually, haven't we had a good song yet with the randomizer? The randomizer is a messy bitch. <laughs> That's very fair. Very fair. That's all the blurb out the way. It's time to play that familiar anthem. So what is our first category, Ryan? So our first category is tens to present day. And who have we got? Well, we have got Nicholas Joseph singing Lie to Me. He represented the Czech Republic back in 2018. She got me doing what I'm not, then it go heavy Mom, I'm feeling home already, but steady Plenty mother wanna eat my spaghetti She got one of my friends, she got him dripping on wood I know it hurts so bad, but it feels so good Look sweet talking me, now baby, I don't give a fuck You should've thought about me before you f***ing up the club I know you got pop all the butt on his whoop bamboo When you were still seeing me, and well, he didn't even know mm-hmm. But God damn it, come to count to three Now sit down, GGY, I'm on fire Come and lie to me, lie to me, oh baby Come a little closer, lie to me Lie to me, oh baby, lean upon my shoulder Lie to me, get down on my body Love me like it was always meant to be Now you love somebody new, I always knew So come and give it to me You know I like it You look so good Set my camel in the mood Come a little closer, lie to me, lie to me, oh baby, lean upon my shoulder, lie to me, get down on my body, love me like it was always meant to be, now you love somebody new, I always knew, so come and give it to me. (laughs) 
So that was Nicholas Joseph. What did you think? Well, <laughs> that made me cringe a little bit because there's a few things in there that have really dated already. Yeah. We've got a grown man flossing. Yeah. And there's also a dab at one point. And yeah. I guess in 2018, that was... Really cool. Really cool and maybe quite current, but yeah. already it's like, ugh... Oh. You you felt it was it, you felt disconnected is the word you said from the song, but I think yeah, I think it's the, it because he's stood in the center singing it, and then they cut to the two dancers doing a bit of break dancing and whatnot. But they then for the first half of the song they're never together, and yeah. it just feels really distant from one another. Yeah. And he's just stood with his little backpack on, yeah. with his little brown leather backpack on, uh-huh. in his geek attire. Let's talk about the geek attire. So he has these, well, I would call them Harry half masks. That's what we used to call them at school, which is trash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was talking about this at work this week, oh, and yeah. it would have been, if I'd have gone to school in trousers at that length, I would have been ridiculed. Yeah, but now. And everyone cool. in the summertime, their trousers were about that length, weren't they? Because they'd grown enough over the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. And with the white socks, and there's a white stripe down the trousers, which I liked. Yep. He's wearing a white shirt and braces and a bow tie. So it's very geek chic, is it not? Yes. In the words of the doctor, bow ties are cool. Yeah, and, and indeed. And backpacks are cool, apparently. The thing I remember about this song, just watching it again, was when was the jump? Because I know there was something about he had a back injury or something. So it was whether he was going to do the jump or not in the <laughs> final. And he did. And he landed it and it was good. I think when you hear the song in the episode, you hear the recorded song with the bass coming through, you're mm. going to hear think, oh, this is a really cool track. Yeah, because um, there was quite a bit of sort of the vocals especially was like quite monotone, yeah. mumbly sort of when he's kind of doing the bridge to the chorus, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. And that kind of fell a little bit flat on stage. Yeah. So I chose this song because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun and cool and it was one I remembered. Because and, for the bum wiggle. Well, no, let's not, not. He's, he's too young for me for the <laughs> bum wiggle, I'm sorry. No, I can't accept that. So this is the best that the Czech Republic had done up to this point. Maybe the best ever, actually. I don't remember. I don't know. I would have to look at details. But they were sixth with this song, with Lie to Me. And that was in 2018 when the contest was in Lisbon. But I, I think they'd only ever qualified for the final two times before or even once before this so this was Czech Republic a new a new era but I suppose of course there used to be Czechoslovakia before that broke up so mm. yeah history stuff. and all that history and all that <laughs> is that how we sum that up yep yeah <laughs> a bit about Nicholas Joseph would you like to hear more about him sure well he wants to make music ever since he was five years old oh cute he attended the english college in prague and he won the gold medal for solo acting at the london academy of music and dramatic arts lambda um but he decided to devote his life to music and he started working with major brands such as diesel and prada he's done a bit of modeling a bit of underwear modeling apparently again too young for me can't go there (laughs) and now he's got his own independent record company vivienne records not the Vivienne record. <laughs> and um, his family support him in his career. And they are his management team. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Anyway. Well, they let him floss on stage, so... Yeah. It was so old, the flossing, that I've forgotten <laughs> that's what it was called. Yeah. I was like, are you sure it's called the floss? Yeah. <laughs> so, that was our first song of the episode. Lie to Me by Nicholas Joseph. What have we got next? So, up next, we're going 90s and noughties. And we're going back to 2003, one of my favourite contests. 
in which we have Nicola singing Don't Break My Heart for Romania. Did you think? So there's a lot to unpack in that. <laughs> so where should we start? Should we start with the song or should we start with what happens on the stage? Well, do you know this song, first of all? I do, but because you've played it for me before. So I like the song. <laughs> I like I like the chaos that's... It's so time-stamped into that late 90s, early noughties audio aesthetic. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really like that. Because <laughs> I think that... It's that hearkening back to my like going out days, I yes, guess, sort of, of thing. So yeah, very much all of that. Yeah, I think I've said before. This is the CD we played to death in the car, and it was it was one of our favourite five songs that year. How do you think it did on oh, the night? Oh dear, 
From hearing the CD version or the Spotify version to be yeah. contemporary, yes. I don't think it did as well as it should have done because her vocals were maybe a little bit off. <gasps> Gosh. Is that me being harsh? Wow. It either did really well think. or really badly. Well, I'm going to say think? it probably didn't do as well as it should have so done. In what position? How many were there? There was about 25 that year or 26. I'm going to say it would be lucky to get top 20. Wow. That's harsh. It was 10th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had it in my top five. Definitely. It was probably about fifth. But yeah, I liked it a lot. But then I just loved the song and the recording. So yeah. I'm going to say my harshness for it is because of the staging. The staging's a bit wrong, isn't it? It's not great. So she's singing. In a red suit. In a red suit. And looking very of the time. Mm-hmm. But then there's something going on in the background, which you described as Amdram Theatre, I think, at one point. It's definitely theatre. So there's yeah. four people on stage with her. One is sat on the floor with an oversized turntable and... Giant records. Giant LPs. record props. Yes. And the three dancers present these records... At the start. At the start. And then they have some sort of weird journey through dance, maybe, but we can't yeah, figure it out. I'm not sure There's it is. There's two but... guys and a woman, and I think the woman starts 1930s. Does she? And she's doing sort of Fred Astaire, sort of oh, Ginger she? Rogers oh, dancing, I, I think. And I this is why it's like you have to pay attention to everything. But Then she becomes a ballerina. But, well, then there's a then there's a bit of a costume reveal, yeah. which they do on a long shot. So never do your costume reveals on long shots because you miss them. No, well that was when they turned to the leotard. The long shot it was long shot to the leotard. That was after the ballet reveal. Well, there was a box fizz reveal of the skirt coming off at one yeah, point yeah, as well. Yeah. But that was that the long shot yeah, one then, right? Yeah. So that wasn't that was not good. Yeah. I feel there was a wig reveal in there at one point as well because she had a bob on somewhere. And then eventually the guys finally shows from flesh, but not enough for my liking. And the tops come off and they're wearing sort of disco tops. Well, we think that they are progressing her through the ages progressing who nicola the no the the female the dancer and then but why do they keep handing their records to the dj and it's like please play this or i'm in love with you or maybe i'm not don't break my heart there's records based love here i don't understand i think the records represent something more than we can pick up in a three minute <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe we learn more from the official video because honestly, not really clear. I did like the checkered dance floor and lots of multicolors. Was (laughs) Was that theirs or was that the venue that everyone? No, I think that was just for that that song actually. So don't take away from the Romanians. Thanks with an X. We've probably talked enough about this. That was Don't Break My Heart. The song's really good. The staging is really weird. Let's put it that way. So as I said before, it finished in tenth. It got a total of seventy-three points. But it did get 12 points from Russia. Um, that was the highest score it got. So, Romania, don't break my heart. Next up. Next up, we're off to the 50s to the 80s. So, yeah. So, this is one that's kind of overlooked because it was the year that ABBA won the contest with Waterloo. But this song was actually one of the favourites, far more than ABBA was. And it's called I See a Star and it's by Mouth and McNeil. Who represented the Netherlands. The days and nights went by, but no one told me they can be fun to if you only see. There's such a lot of you. 
I see a star performed by Mouth and McNeil for the Netherlands in 74. Wow. Wow. Open the batting. Go on. So I'm getting big meatloaf vibes from him. From him. <laughs> I feel like this is what could have happened if meatloaf maybe went to Eurovision because he was quite a cheeky chap on stage. But, you know, with a powerful voice. We were listening to a foreign um, language version of the contest, and I heard them say La Belle and La Bête, which is French for the Beauty and the Beast, which is a bit harsh. <laughs> On their postcard yeah. part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which did seem a bit mean. <laughs> they are Suki Smith van Spijker and Willem Dunn, performing as Mouth and McNeil. And, yeah, what I liked at the start was you had Harry Van Hoof, the conductor. You always had so much pomp and circumstance the, yeah. around the conductor being really important. And there he was, Harry Van Hoof, who was um, running the orchestra. So what do you think about the performance? I remember watching this year on, on Eurovision again, maybe last year or the yeah, year before. I was, yeah. And I remember I remember the, the show on the whole was quite... Cool. Well, keeping in mind that I'm basic, yeah. I was bored. I'm not going to say that I remember this one, but I am going to say that what they were up to on the stage was fun. You know, like there, there was a playful energy between the two singers. Yeah. 
There was the random barrel organ, barrel organ, which that, had them on top, which of had it. doll yeah. versions yeah. of them spinning around on top of, which yeah. was a bit silly and just a little bit fun, I suppose. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and you know there was a whole there was sort of a band on stage with them, mm-hmm. which were involved as well, which was nice. Um, I, I really need to talk about the costumes because they were peak 1974. <laughs> These are the sort of clothes that I remember at the time in the 70s being terrified that anyone would suggest I wear anything approaching these clothes and it happened all the time in the in the late 70s that I was having to wear shirts with rounded collars in horrible colours oh yeah I was going to say picture curtain fabrics of all colours and all clashing (laughs) colours because he's in like yellow and brown and she's got a pink blouse on with horrible round collars and a blue velour dress on top with flowers on it and she's wearing white trousers it's just there's so much going on it's 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 so right for the time, but it just, it does give me horrible flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they have a nice cheeky energy. They seem to be enjoying themselves. They actually perform it like they were happy to be there. They're enjoying it. And yeah, I think it's the right energy. I can see why it was a favourite. And since the contest, it's regarded as one of those songs that should have won or at least will it not over Waterloo. Obviously, Eurovision fans would never have that, but <laughs> considered to be a classic of of the 70s Eurovisions. And I can understand that. So the song finished third. It was those years when there was weird scoring when oh, anyone... Oh, when you could oh. pick your number to assign. Yeah. yeah. You like... had a certain number of points and you could assign them however you liked. Yeah, that just sounds anything. like chaos. Because I don't think ABBA won until really close towards the end when someone gave them eight points or something crazy. All of their points. And I can imagine, I can remember the chaos of the point system with the poor technology of a phone line that barely connects and I can't hear you sort of thing. I remember watching that and I was, my jaw was dropped the whole time, like going, someone needs to have a second draft of this. (laughs) So in terms of the top songs that year, as we know, ABBA won with Waterloo, got 24 points. See how small those points are, 24. (laughs) Then we had in second... Gigliola Kinchetti from Italy, who had won the contest before, and when she was very young, she performed again, and she actually presented Eurovision with that terrible year in 1991, um, which we really endured. The yeah, other year. she was she was in second place with C, which got 18 points. Third place was this song, Mouth and McNeil, with I See a Star, and fourth place was that Long Live Love song by Olivia Newton-John, with Sister Anna carrying the banner for the Salvation Army band. But that was only pushed into fourth by one point by Mouth and McNeil. So that was 1974. Basic Bitch Ryan here. Just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at eurovisionqueens at gmail.com you can follow us on instagram at eurovisionqueens and on twitter we are euroqueenspod now back to the show now it's time to show some love to a uk entry yay yeah we're not going far either we're going to just two short years back from 1974 we're sticking with the 70s Bit 70s vibe. I've got my horrible rounded collar shirt on in all different <laughs> colours. We're going back to 1972 with this song, Beg, Steal or Borrow by the New Seekers. You know I'll beg, steal or borrow. 
was Big Steel or Borrow by the New Seekers. What did you think? Well, I kind of always known this song, but actually probably only more so in the last 20 years. And in the 70s, I didn't really know it, even though it done super well coming second. I mean, this could also be in our second place um, bridesmaid slot because it, <laughs> it was second. Um, the winner that year was Vicky Leandros with Apres Trois. Um, from Luxembourg. Uh, I don't know. I think it's so well put together. I think it's a really good, tight pop song. And I think they really know it really well and they perform well. Yeah, the vocal arrangements or them singing as a group, because there's five people on stage, predominantly three people are singing throughout. And it's it, they're not like shouting over each other or anything like that. It for a live recording or a live performance. It seems really tight. That could be the like the studio version, really. Yeah, you know? it was totally yeah. such good singing. Yeah, and really complimentary voices. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, and they didn't step over each other, but they also got the nuance of some of the words. Yeah. They matched that sort of... Yeah, exactly. They yeah. put their own little bits in. Yeah. 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 Obviously, it's 1972. The costumes are terrible. And I say costumes again... <laughs> The men are in velvet suits. I didn't mind the suits. Did you not? The suits are, are one strong colour and they've got like some sequin sparkly all down the sides from like under their arm yeah. all the way down to their ankles. It gave which... slight Sam Ryder vibes, didn't it? Spaceman. 
With his jumpsuit, with yeah. his sparkly jumpsuit. Yeah. 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 Maybe that was a callback. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that between them, there's only one hairstyle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The hairdresser could only do one. You're all getting the same mullet. Um, (laughs) But the women were wearing those floor-length party dresses that everyone wore in the in the early to mid seventies, which is like just covered everything, like from your neck right down to your. You cannot show any flesh. They're almost sort of Victorian in their obsession (laughs) with covering everything. We're allowed to see your hands, and that is it. Yes, exactly. A bit about the stage. It was very brown, wasn't it? It was so brown. Um, but we'd had that spiral going behind on the screen, and that was it in terms of staging. Well, it was a static spiral with a light behind it going around. Oh, it was? Yeah, it wasn't even a, a it was like a decal or something. Yeah, <laughs> with a light behind it. Brilliant. And it was it was like an empty corner of an auditorium, yeah. more than anything. Who were the new seekers, Ryan? I have no clue. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Please do. They were a British pop group formed in 1969 after the breakup of the group The Seekers. <gasps> That's oh, why, why they're, they're the, the New Seekers. Seekers. The idea was that they would appeal to the same market, but their music would have pop as well as folk influences. I think they were more folky before. They actually had quite a lot of notoriety at the time. I'd like to teach the world to sing is the song that everyone Oh, knows that I know did. that. Yes, yeah. see? <laughs> I know that. You're quite surprised by that, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I do know it. Members of the group on the night were Lynn Paul, Peter Doyle, Paul Layton, Marty Christian and Eve Graham. And yeah, as we've said, they knew what they were doing. Um, they got 114 points, placing second in a field of 18 songs. I wouldn't say they were robbed because Apretoire is a really great, wonderful female power ballad. But I would definitely, if I'd watched it at the time, I was too young. I was born that year. <laughs> Um, I would have felt we'd been robbed at the time in the 70s because it's such a fun sort of... Yeah, fun UK Eurovision song. It probably feels a li- even a little bit more robbed now because it's not necessarily one of those songs that people know that much. Yeah. We, sh- we need Like more... it's fallen through the yeah. cracks a little we bit. We need so, more yeah. love for Beg, Steal or Borrow. Thank you very much. Rude. so i think it's time to leave the 70s behind we've dwelt there long enough and we're going to come 30 years forwards exactly 30 years forwards to 2002 for our second place slot what is it ryan we have ira lasco representing malta with seventh wonder Seven for the 
What did you make of that performance of Seventh Wonder by Ira Losco? So I'm going to go proper full on basic bitch here. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it because it's got that very... If I was to just close my eyes, I can I can feel that this is like a Louise... Nerding? Nerding <laughs> slash Redknapp song. Yeah. So Louise from Eternal. Yeah. It, it, so, it totally sounds like her solo work. <sighs> So yeah, and it would have been that. around that sort of time as well. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm here for this. <laughs> oh yeah, I would just love to see her again. Just watching the clip there, um, striding around in her white lace jumpsuit, mm. being very confident. Yeah, I've won this. This is great. I'm gonna be brilliant. And I think it was a difficult song to sing. God, the lyrics. Yeah, we've just pulled up the lyrics now, and there's some words that are probably not in any other song ever. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> in, in the order of them as well. I'm, in the essence of hope on which my love can float, is it fictional fact? Am I really losing tact? Is he magical, logical, natural wonder? He's got the makings of my seventh wonder. It's a lot. You have to have your teeth in, don't you? you glued in. <laughs> ready to be able to sing that one. Definitely. Famous moment at the end of On Seven Seas, we sail on this dream, turning it into virtual reality. Reality. When she <laughs> so, blows the glitter. Where did she get the glitter from? Where did she get the glitter? Well, she got it from her boob. <laughs> She went into her sleeve, <laughs> so it must have been in her bra. Yeah, or her knickers, we don't know. I don't think she reached down far enough for that. <laughs> she wasn't wearing a sleeve. Did you say sleeve? No, she went in her sleeve, like the inner part of her... That's not a sleeve, it's your torso. We're doing torso <laughs> moves. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, how do you think it did? But this well, is the second yeah. <laughs> How do you think it should have done? <laughs> Well, I don't know what won that year. Uh, so the winner was Mary N. Um, Mary Namova from Latvia with I Wanna. And we liked that song as well, but oh. it was a strong year. It was also the year when um, Jessica Garlic came third for the UK. Oh, okay. Come back. Yeah, it was, a, it was the year of the solo female singers. This is beloved by the Maltese, and she is beloved by the Maltese. She's like their most famous singer. Um, she returned to the contest to sing Walk on Water. Um, I 
think about 10 years later. And she is just, she's just everyone in Malta would know of Ira Lasco. They just would. I feel like most Maltese artists normally have to come back to Eurovision again just because the population is so few. <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> some of that. And it's always funny because the same names crop up again and again. This song was written by Gerald Borge and Philip Vela, and those names come up again and again, Borsch and Vela. They've only got a certain number of surnames going around the island. Just a shout-out to the fact that Ira is a big LGBTQIA plus... Ally. Ally, thank you. That's a, word, <laughs> that, a difficult word I was struggling for. She organised a um, an LGBTQ-friendly party in Stockholm for the Eurovision 2016 contest, and she's done a lot to, to further the cause of not just tolerance... But equal rights and acceptance in Malta, which it's a very religious country. They're all Roman Catholic, strongly. There's Virgin Marys everywhere. So to actually push for that in such a country, I think is important. Very important. So that was Ira Losco. So now it's time for the Juice Award. I need you to go to to Eurovision. And this time we're heading to Australia. Are we? We are. For someone that people may have heard of. I hope they have. I hope they've yeah, heard of. Honestly, come yeah. on. I mean, if come you're on. listening to the Eurovision <laughs> Queen's podcast, if you hadn't heard of this person, then... We're meeting a proper official queen. Yeah. Courtney Act with Fight for Love in 2019. <laughs> No matter what you're sold, oh you, oh you You've got a lot to brave, you'll always find a way It's true, it's true Fighting from different sides, trying to save it tonight, ooh, oh So open up the scars and let the healing start for you for you, I see a broken heart scars. Maybe now it's time to embrace the dark.
So I'd never heard that before. I thought the performance was really strong from Courtney Act. I thought she really delivered the song well. I think the problem is the song didn't have enough hooks. And when the hooks came, they you couldn't repeat them. Yeah, it's almost like she's too good of a singer. Yeah. And though there were too many high notes yeah. that as a normal person singing along to that, you can't sing along to it, Yeah, that really. fight for love bit. But yeah. also the fight for love bit wasn't repeated enough. And there were other bits in the song that were repeatable. It felt like lots of different things. that The song was trying to do too much. It was it was it's so excited to be a Eurovision song. Yes, a bit too excited. <laughs> you could see, you could feel the, I really want to be at Eurovision sort of vibe for it. And I think the first two minutes or first minute and a half, she looked like the winner. Because it builds really nicely, doesn't it? It starts yeah. really quietly yeah. and it builds and then it builds again. And but then, then it... it kind of just kept doing the same things. It was too much noise. There was too much red in terms of the performance as well. It like redded out sometimes than the version we saw on Australia, mm. you decide. Such a shame because she'd be such a great ambassador. She'd be such a brilliant person to go to Eurovision. Yeah, because that crossover of LGBTQ, yeah. drag artist, yeah. drag superstar. Yeah, I and mean, we've, we've had a few in, in the past. Um, well, and for people that don't know Courtney Act, I oh, suppose we should, we should say who yeah. she is. We are so. big Drag Race fans. Um, <laughs> Courtney Act was one of the finalists in season six, mm-hmm. where she was up against Bianca Del Rio and Adore uh, Delano. Yeah, yes. so an incredibly strong yeah. finale that year. Um, and people in the UK might also know her for winning Celebrity Big Brother in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where she beat that absolute excrescence excuse of a human being <laughs> and Widdicombe I mean honestly if she hadn't won that fuck but yes brilliant person lots of fun mm. um, and obviously where Courtney Act had her first big break was in Australian Idol so she's already a proven singer yeah. Well, I think she didn't qualify as Shane so she came back in drag and then qualified straight away so yeah Courtney Act fun fact there yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, do we know who competed that year for Australia instead of Courtney Act? We do without even looking. It's, oh, do we? it's zero gravity. So oh, of course that one oh, needed to go through. And of course that that was the oh, correct winner. I love zero gravity, but I thought that should have won the whole thing that year. Mm. Was it like the year that Arcade won though? Yes. So you can't say that really, but I just loved um, Katie Miller-Heidke. Um, and oh, I love Zero Gravity. Why, that... why have we not played that song yet? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Bloody banner. <laughs> I like, suddenly decided, that's my favourite Eurovision song of all time. Why have we never played it? <laughs> well, and also, that is such a Eurovision song as well, isn't it? Like, the staging is yeah. Eurovision bonkers. I'm just, I'm just sat here praying to the Eurovision <laughs> randomizer gods to see if we get it by accident through the randomizer. Hundreds and thousands of songs. Will it happen? If I of course it won't it? happen. Thoughts and prayers, Ryan. Thoughts and prayers. No, no. <laughs> they count for nothing. We try, but I don't think it will. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Let's give our due to Courtney Act. She performed the flip out of that song. Um, she I was also amazing like... in red leather. I think the little heart on her head yes. was a nod to the Eurovision logo. Ah, clever. So I don't know if that was her trying to get extra points or what. But it was what, also but... a message about love. Mm. Love is love. That was very much the message. And you've mm. got to fight for what you believe in. And that also means gay rights. And hooray. Courtney Act, you are wonderful. We will always love you. And we appreciate the effort you put into Eurovision in 2019. Uh, a very worthy entrance into the Juice Awards line. Yeah, this song is a Eurovision song. Whether yeah. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> whether it got through or not. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Courtney. So finally, we have the seventh song, 
the randomizer. We're handing over to the randomizer. Um, goodness knows what's going to happen. I don't like this. I do like it, and I don't like it because I just kind of like really. Is it gonna be any old shit? Well, I don't think we've ever had a good song yet. I really don't. We've, we've, we. Don't, I'm glad that we've had songs that we wouldn't pick, and that's the reason for it. Yeah. So here we go with the year. Okay. The year is 2003. Ooh, interesting. We've all, we already had a 2003. This regularly happens. <laughs> we well. do go back to years. Okay, let's see where we're going to go. All right. Right, so we had 26 songs of the night. We don't want it to be <laughs> position number... 24, because that's, that's what we've already had. Yeah, and we also had one um, a few weeks ago. We had Sweden, Fame, Give Me Your Love. Oh, yeah. We don't want it to be that either. So if we get either of those, we have to do it again. I'm just clicking all the buttons on my special machine. The randomizer yeah. is inserting the data into the randomizer. Oh, shit. <laughs> we have song number eight. Ooh. So Let's what have we got? See. Song eight is Claudia Benny from Croatia with Visa Nizam Tova. Let's find out. <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> Yeah. 
Claudia Benny there, representing Croatia in 2003. Well, I think the randomizer's finally done it. Yeah, I think we should thank the randomizer <laughs> there for something that isn't a necessarily obvious choice, yeah. but a good song. Yeah. I remember it from the CD because it's that same famous CD <laughs> from, from 2003. Yes. <laughs> but um, I remember liking this one, but it was less accessible because it was sung mostly in Croatian. I think on the CD it's only in Croatian. But apparently there was a big debate about the time whether it should be in Croatian or English, but they chose Croatian, which I can understand. But um, the song means I'm not yours anymore. Towards the end of the song, she does start to sing in English and she keeps saying, I can't be your lover. I can't be your lover. I've talked and talked. Did you like it? (laughs) Yeah, I really liked it. It it was, I mean, it was a bit angry, but it was like feisty. "Ah." Yeah, the the feistiness of it was really good. And it had a bit of a Backstreet Boys vibe to me, I think. Yes. Uh, in terms of the musicality You're really of good it. at placing what it's like. I'm terrible at that. You can, like... It's very Backstreet's back, isn't it, and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I'd be more scared of her than the Backstreet Boys. So you had five backing dancers, you had two men and three women. The men were all in black, the women were all in pink, and they had a bit of a costume reveal to reveal bras. <gasps> no, they just whipped off their little <laughs> scarves that they had wrapped around uh, their waists, was what it was. She was wearing a white, black and red dress made of polka dots, which was interesting. It felt a bit yeah, it, crafty. It looked like a deconstructed football at one point. Yeah, I thought it kind of looked like the sort of, to go back to Drag Race, the sort of costume they occasionally <laughs> make that aren't quite put together in the time. And they're like, they have to perform yeah. on the main stage. And you think, oh, well, they should have had more time on that. Bit hot glue gun actually. <laughs> So, Claudia Benny was, I I should say, I keep saying Claudia, Claudia. I had a staff member of years called Claudia from Mexico. And I just, whenever I see the name Claudia, I have to say Claudia because I trained myself to say her name correctly. So I don't know whether she's Claudia or Claudia Benny, but we liked her. She was 15th in 2003 out of a field of 26. And she got 29 points. Not enough. Mm, That doesn't feel like enough. No, it doesn't. So, that was the randomizer. Thank you, Randomizer, for coming through for us. Yeah. For once. <laughs> I think it's probably just because they did a, a newer version song. Like, we've gone back in time quite a lot with the Randomizer, haven't we? We have. Yeah, if it keeps pushing us backwards. <laughs> So that's it for another episode. We've been all around Europe again. We've been to the Netherlands, the UK, Malta, Croatia. We even went as far as Australia. Yeah. I think it's been an eclectic mix, as usual, of Eurovision Song Contests past. Definitely. And I, for one, was here for it. Yeah, and I feel like I've learned something as well. What did you learn? Name one thing that you learned. What's the most important thing you learned this episode? That Courtney Act is definitely Eurovision canon. Yes. <laughs> She absolutely is. I think I learned that I still don't like rounded collar shirts. They're disgusting and they should all be burnt. They'd definitely go up quickly, wouldn't they? With well, those materials. No, particular polyester ones would, yeah. <laughs> Whoosh. Thank you once again for podding with me, Ryan. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for podding with me good. and teaching me more about Eurovision. Yes, you're a very good pupil. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Well, socials. Are we going to have a stab at the socials again? (laughs) Let's have a stab at the socials. On Instagram, you can find us at Eurovision Queens. On Twitter, EuroQueensPod. And our email address is EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And if you go to any of those social medias, you can find a link to the Spotify playlist that we're building of all the songs that we've been playing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're trying not to say playlist and playing. I I understood your motivation. Well done. Yes. Um, 
Also, just to say, we will give you a shout-out on the podcast if you get in touch and if you suggest a song or if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we will talk about you and sing your praises, basically. And we'd be very grateful because we're still not out there enough in terms of we're not known as Eurovision Podcast. baby pod. (laughs) So help this little fledgling baby pod grow some wings and fly out into the Eurovision world. I think we need to go and have something to eat now, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye! Bye!